That's your sign to say, hey. Oh, hey there. Hi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> live, from, live from from Money Pit. We're in Vermont and Pittsburgh, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, is that respectively? I guess it would be the opposite of this, respectively. Anyway, uh, we are excited to have a, uh, I think we're going to get another week of football. Uh, maybe last one. We'll maybe. see. Yeah. We'll At see. At least a few games. Somebody will play, I think, this weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone will play. The Steelers are super butt hurt. Um, but before we get into the football, I wanted to send a rousing congratulations to the Seattle Storm, uh, Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, and the rest of those fine women athletes who swept the Aces for, th- I believe, their fourth NBA WNBA championship. Fourth. Yeah, that's right. You know, reaching goat status here, Chris. Who's reaching goat status? The Seattle Storm. Well, they're for sure. One of the greatest organizations in the history of sports. Here's what I think is horseshit. Sue Bird, 40 years old, mm-hmm. uh, broke the finals assist, single game assist record, had 33 assists in the first two games, which is also a record, has never won a WNBA MVP. Yeah. It's crazy to me. She's the all-time WNBA assist leader. I mean, I know that like... Maybe she hasn't put up the biggest numbers and she's had a couple injuries here and there, but like mm-hmm. Brianna Stewart's won it. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like Diana Taurasi's won it. Like, uh, is she just going to get an honorable mention? I mean, she's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. She's probably already in. Sure. She's done. I mean, with, I know this is always a Sue Bird love fest, but I was shocked to figure that well, out. Why not? Why, why shouldn't it be a Sue Bird love fest? I mean, she is, at this point, you, I mean, she has to be sort of in the GOAT conversation. She's um, the GOAT. There's no doubt. Four NBA championships, 11 All Stars. Five at first teams, three second teams, three-time assist leader. Uh, she, is, she was voted one of the 15 greatest players of all time. That was nine years ago. She's 40 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. She won the NCAA championship twice. She's got four fucking gold medals. I mean, what else does she... Like, and she's the WNBA all, all-time assist leader. And she's balling out at 40. Like, my only question is, is she better than Larry Bird? Oh, is she, for sure. is she the best bird? Yeah, for sure. She's the yeah, best bird. She She's the best bird. Bird doesn't have four championships. Does he? I think he has three. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't actually matter. You're right. It doesn't. I don't care either. It doesn't matter. Let's not forget uh, that the Sue Bird wait. all the all the while has been playing overseas. Like she plays. Mm-hmm. She since 2004. She's played overseas. Um, she plays two seasons. She's played two seasons every year. Yeah. I for uh, for almost 20 years. Yeah, it's incredible. That's incredible. I am a. I I know we've always we 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 are the most suiest of bird fans, but <laughs> I have to say, like I watched the finals and I was trying to get my friends, especially my one of my friends who just had a daughter to watch. He's a big basketball fan, and I was like, it's special to see what's happening with the WNBA right now, um, especially the Storm. They just were playing on an, on a on another level, like a completely other mm-hmm. level. And then mm-hmm. you got Brianna T- Brianna Stewart. Sorry. Uh, at the end of the game, oh. did a press conference in fucking goggles and a bottle of champagne, just balling out of control. Like that was amazing. How that doesn't how that doesn't end up on every like I, I don't know. We're just so fixated on men's sports. It's just the the aces were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think is it Asia or Aja? Uh, 
Aja, I believe it's Aja. Aja is the is the uh, the MVP this year, and she she's incredible to watch. Aja mm-hmm. Wilson is is a true true talent. Yeah, I mean, there's you you look at the last couple of like like Brianna Stewart, uh, Della Don, Della Donna, uh, mm-hmm. Wilson. Like those are all really good. Play- like there's a there there just needs to be more WNBA teams. I hate yeah. we're we're the I know we're the only podcast that talks about this, but I really. I I said this two years ago. I said it last year. I said it this year. Even in the bubble, if you get tired of the of the referee like run attitude bitching of the NBA, the WNBA is such a nice reprieve. In fact, I really liked having both playoffs running simultaneously because you could be like, I don't mm-hmm. want to watch this garbage right now. Mm-hmm. I want to watch basketball, and you could just turn it and be like, Oh, here's basketball. I remember this yep. sport. Mm-hmm. Where it wasn't, there's no, there's no flopping. Like it's just, mm-hmm. the, the women's basketball, <laughs> men's basketball is what men think women's basketball is. Like that's, yes. what, do you know yes. what I mean? It's a bunch yes. of bitching. Yes. It's a bunch of three point shooting. Whining, it's a bunch of fucking yeah. It's a bunch of complaining. It's it it, it, it it's a bunch of fucking fanfare. It is a bunch of refs like kowtowing to fucking players. Like it's actually what when people are like, oh, that's what that's what that was the knock on women's basketball. Women's basketball has gotten so much better than men's basketball. <laughs> there was a there were early in the playoffs, I believe. I don't remember who it was either, though. But um, unfortunately, but one of the women got like she got smacked. She got elbowed in the face. Yo, like going up for a lay and uh-huh. grabbing a rebound or something, and she like sh- just shook it off. Yeah, and, like, walked away, and I was like, oh fuck, man. If that was an NBA player, that guy would have been on the ground. Sue Bird got her nose broken and yeah. fucking and and like got in it, like got yeah. in the mix. You see, you couldn't see that. You don't see that in the NBA. No, man, no. Those guys would be complaining about where's the call? Why didn't I get a call? I'm I'm literally like bleeding here. Ooh. Like it's WNBA basketball is it's just it's better it's better basketball. It's just I've better basketball. That, I think I've been saying that for years. It's just better basketball. It, I I couldn't agree more. And it's uh it's you know I think. And they might not be as big or as fast or as strong, but that's that's what's sort of I think taken away from the actual game of like men's basketball is that it's 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 the, the the sort of the, the it's just the pure athleticism. And the brute strength of them doesn't actually make them really good basketball players. I just feel like there's, I feel like the thing that the WNBA is missing is more diversity in cities. Like, I wish there were more teams. I just really mm-hmm. feel like they're, like, they could use more. And, and, and there's a, I, there, there's probably like a counter argument to that where people say, well, like, well, there's, there's just not enough talent. But that mm. that's actually being proven incorrect now over yeah. the years as, they, as they've grown this game and they've grown and they've implemented more teams over the also, years if we got up if we if we started if if there was more of a foreign market in the mm-hmm. or foreign players in the WNBA market think of how good that competition would be oh, that would be great and, and you, there's t- there's a ton of foreign women players too right? they're I mean, so good they're so good all all these other countries have professional leagues you know especially like russia and all these things where, where it's probably not as great conditions to play in but there doesn't mean there's not talent there, and it, you bring start bringing most of them over. I mean, there's and there are there are if you watch the last couple uh, drafts from the WNBA, you'll see there's more and more foreign players being drafted, like from China, from Russia, or other places in Europe and whatnot. Like it's they're bringing them around. It's, it's, Australia is cranking out women. Yeah, Australia is the spot, right? That's Which where is it's great. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, it's um, it's not for a lack of. It, it just, it just, the talent's there. That's the, the, talent's that, that's the unfortunate yep. thing is it's like the talent. Player, yep. This is must, this must be what like, like, I don't know, professional bowling feels like. They're like, well, there's so many good bowlers right now, like better than there's ever been. And people are like, yeah, but we're not trying to watch bowling. Like it's just, I mean, I, that's sort of where. Yeah. 
I mean, listen, I get it, man. I was I was there a while back too, not wanting to watch women's. I, I was the I was the biggest prick about it. Like I always thought it was like girls shooting like long jumpers from their like from their chest, and it's just right. it's just not like that. The no, game is just not right. That and game. It, it takes time, and it takes a while. Like you you have to sort of like. With bowling or with any any sort of sport, you have to sort of sit there and and, and sort of force yourself a little bit. And you know? understand. Like, I mean, I used it. to watch tennis when I was a kid. Totally, you and can, I loved it. And yeah. now I'm like, I, unless it's women's, like I don't really care about watching tennis anymore. It's too goddamn long. I that's too long. yeah, it's too long. I just, like that's why I just can't. I'm like, wow, like. The I mean, thought I of sitting. A, I sent you a video yesterday of like this crazy ass. Uh, downhill cycling competition in, in <laughs> medellin colombia it's incredible by the way it's cra- like the dude like it, it starts out like he's just going down a huge steep hill like, then stairs hill, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it turns into like like the little town and village and it's hella steep staircase one after another and then and then sharp turns right at the bottom of the stairs you know it's like concrete stairs and it's like i you can't get much more vertical on those staircases it's, and it's all outdoors, and it's like you're just going balls out, and there's people, like, there's no road, and people are actually in the pathway of the biker, and they just try to jump out of the way, and I was like, this is a sport. Yeah. Like, this is a crazy sport. Like, how, you know, like, how did someone find out about this? It's incredible. Well, there's another bike, I don't know if you know this, that, like, uh, and <laughs> we have one listener in particular that's going to feel like this is a jab at him, but it's not. Uh, there's. Do you know about this, like, very white sport of gravel riding? Like, no. So the worst condition, <laughs> the worst thing you can ride your bike on is gravel. It sucks. Like it's, unless you're like a little kid and you're like, want to like do a skid out, like with your like coaster mm-hmm. brakes, like mm-hmm. no one rides in gravel, but of course they figured out a way for people to spend thousands of dollars on a new kind of bike of and it's gravel riding and it's all the rage. And it's like, and, 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 and it's like, I, I'm like, like that's, it's almost like a joke. It's like, almost like somebody was like, what's the worst What's the worst surface to ride your bike on? Gravel. Okay, I'll bet you a million dollars you can't make gravel riding a thing. And this guy's like, oh, I can. We'll start in Silicon Valley. We'll get all the kite boarders to fucking get on board. And just you wait and see. We'll figure out how to retrofit these street bikes to ride on gravel. And we'll have assholes riding down gravel like it's the best, the, the next best thing. And sure as shit, it's and a it thing. It becomes a big thing. It's crazy. And, and then and it's that, popular. Everybody wants to start doing it. You yeah. Know? Like it's, yeah. It, it's so, it's like, just fucking ride your bike. Enough already. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, congratulations <laughs> to the WNBA on, on pulling off a perfect bubble. Uh, mm-hmm. Congratulations to the Seattle Storm, Sue Bird, uh, Brianna Stewart, everyone that was involved in that. Um, we, we, I wanted to do it at the top of the show instead of the bottom of the show because that's where we always bury it. So, sure. There sure. you are. I, I will say just to sort of uh, to come circle back around, I, and I think the reason that Subert has never won uh, 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 an MVP is that she's she's kind she's technically never sort of the best player on the team, right? And she and 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 don't get me wrong, because I you know where Subert stands here. So, but I mean, she, for early on, she um, uh, oh man, now I forgot her name. Uh, Jackson, uh, Lauren Jackson, I believe was uh, was the Australian actually woman who I think they were almost drafted with it the same year or a year or two of each other, who's really incredible and really good at that point in time. And then she got injured and kind of, you know, left early and whatnot. And, and, you know, now it's Brianna Stewart. And, and so she's always sort of, I don't want to say she's overshadowed and I don't think she's ever trying to be the best player on the team either, no. which I think is really incredible is that she probably could have taken, she could have been like, Hey, I'm 40. This might be my final like finals, you know, and championship run here. I'll just take over like, and I want to be the MVP, but she just is like, Nope. Brianna Stewart's great. I'm going to make her and the rest of the team shine and I'm going to do my job. And that, and I think that she kind of gets 
she gets a little overlooked in that sense. And, 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 um, so and she never has, like you said earlier, she never has the, 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 the huge stats and like an all across the board, right. She's never been a big scorer, but she's always just consistent and, and like precise in everything she does every single season. And it's like, she's, I mean, I hate to sort of compare this to her, but she's sort of the Tom Brady where she just, she's 40 and she's still probably playing like she was 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, is this going to be like, is this going to be like, is she going to be like the Gordy Howe of like WNBA? She's just going to keep playing into it. Like, she might. I mean, she I might. feel like she could. I know she's, she's talked about maybe sort of, you know, uh, she talked about retiring a, a little bit. Like, like, yeah. like, she, cause she got injured, what, two years ago? And I then, think the last couple of years she's always had like a couple injuries and stuff, like big ones though. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there, I think there's a point in time maybe for her, from everything I've, I remember sort of reading and hearing about her that, she might go out, but maybe she does another year or two. Maybe she retires now. Maybe maybe she goes out on top. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Anyway, congrats. She's the best. Yep. Um, love you, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I fucking love you, Sue Bird. I promise not to read your, your mail from your garbage anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'll stop paying your credit card bills for you. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, Chris, we would also be uh, remiss if we did not send a shout out to uh, Eddie Van Halen, who passed away this week. Um, I don't know if you're a big Van Halen guy. I assume you are a big Van Halen guy, just because you're you. Um, <laughs> I have to admit, you have a couple favorite uh, Van Halen moments. I I texted you to text uh, your buddy Mark because Mark has this great sort of troll move where he. Uh, He's for years has been like pound cake is like an underrated song. And it's like, I find it one of the most hilarious things anyone has ever said, because it's like such a Hagar. Like, <laughs> I think you might actually like the song pound cake. Um, anyway, do yourself a favor. Listen to pound cake. Do you, were you sad to hear that Eddie Van Halen had passed away? You know, so I, I'm never, this is the weird thing maybe about me or it's like, I never would like famous people die. And like, I, okay, let me back up for a second. Cause like you were saying, I, I was not like a huge Van Halen fan. Okay. Right. Like I was, a, I was a Van Halen of the eighties kid, you know? So yeah. 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 Me and the video and the music videos and stuff. But it, I, I never like dove into them. Yeah. It's like, impossible was, not to. Right. So like I, 1984, I albums 1984 stuff, yeah. was your sort of intro to Van Halen. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You yeah, didn't, yeah. you didn't know any of this other, like. No, before or, earlier, or even after yeah. probably really a little yeah. bit, you know? And then once, once David Lee Roth left, you know, it all felt like it was never Van Halen either. Cause you I, I, you know, back then when I was a kid, I, I just assumed like David Lee Roth was Van Halen. Me too. I like when, when, when he left, I was like, I just bought all the David Lee Roth records. Like I just, <laughs> I just splintered in his direction. I was like, well, the cool guy's gone. Yeah. Like, right. so, so I, I, I'm with you on that. I right. did, I did anytime anyone dies and people start sending me a bunch of, I had a Van Halen poster. Don't get me wrong. I thought they were okay. cool. And I, I definitely bought 1984 the cassette. I was like nine years old. Like I like I was all in. But I mm-hmm. I kind of with you. I went with I I sort of just like lost Jump my and hot for teacher. And... Yeah, that I, and then I just kind of went with David Lee Roth. Like after that, but it was I I have had fun like looking at all the stuff people have been sending me. Um, mm. just how great like Eddie Van Halen really was. Like at he just was a really incredible guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always. The nice thing, I, what I always wonder is like, how come we can, we, you know, we can never like really appreciate someone like Prince or David Lee Roth, or I mean, not David Lee Roth, Eddie Van Halen, like he's where he's, he was the greatest guitar player of all time. If you ask most people, and wh- why can't we just do like an appreciation while they're alive and be like, Hey, Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> right, let's, right. you're oh, great. 
like or like people knew he had lung cancer. We should have been like doing more like it really we're we're really such a death culture. We really need to like feel yeah. sad and then and then reminisce about these people after they're right. gone. Right. And it's like we grieve over people we don't actually know. We just think we know. Right? Too where it's like, yeah. you know, we put all these people on pedestals, whether they're athletes or they're musicians or movie stars or whatever, you know, and like it's all these people were like, oh man, that guy was such it was they were so great. I, you know, I'm so sad. I'm like, I I, I'm not, I'm never, I, I don't think I ever am. Like, I, I think I was like as a younger person as well too, maybe because I didn't sort of realize that I don't actually know these people. I don't know. Like, the, yeah, I guess there's sort of, a, they make an impact, but it's, I, it's a little disingenuous yeah. in a sense, you know, like I, agree. I mean, maybe when like Kareem dies, um, maybe I'll be super, you know, sort of sad. What and, about when and... Bill Russell, when Bill Russell died? Yeah, I don't even know. Is he dead? Is he dead? I mean, uh, he's barely hanging on at this point. Like, I, I've been preparing for ten years that he's just, I'm gonna wake up and you know, Bill Russell's gonna be passed. You know, like, I, but I, I just don't like, I don't sort of grieve in that way with these people that I don't really know. I don't think anymore. Really? I, I just, it's not. See, it's this not was, like, it was a tough. I, I, I'm on the other side of it. Like, I, when. You know, a lot of times I don't think about how impactful these people were on my life when they were impactful. For example, Kenny yeah. Rogers. Like, Kenny Rogers was, like, my intro to, like, really fandom. Like, I really got into Kenny Rogers for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. And, when I, and when all these Eddie Van Halen things started coming around, like, I was thinking about the song Panama and how that was maybe my for intro to, like, mm-hmm. harmonies. Like, really, mm-hmm. like, being like, oh, harmonies have, like, evoke, like, a physical feeling in me and also like the drop like after the like the chorus like that's your that's the first time i can remember a drop like i think panama maybe had more influence on me musically than a lot of songs because i was like nine ten years old when i first heard that like i that's kind of what the nice thing that i've i'm finding in like going back and being like oh i moved on from van halen after like probably a year or two like i but but in that moment Sure. For me, as a kid, being influential, there's, there's, n- like, their impact on my, on my love of music was completely, I, I think, understated for me until I went back and looked at it and was like, oh yeah. And I think a lot of that is the fact that Eddie Van Halen was so fucking good at what he did that it could even grab the attention of a kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, and and I I I agree actually with with that on that point, and that and that makes sense to me. But it's also I think we take that right, and then we sort of overlay that with like the person, and then we're like, oh, like we felt like we actually knew the person because they had this this. It's a it's an impact, but it's sort of a very compartmentalized impact to me. Yeah, you know. And then I'm just like, all right, well, you know, yeah, Eddie Van Halen was great, and he had a cool looking guitar back then, and he was probably one of the, you know if one of the top greatest guitar players of all time and stuff. I'm like. Like am I sad that he's, I like haven't thought about Eddie Van Halen no. in ten years? Yeah, you know, for sure. Too, are so. you are you sad that he's dead? That's the real question, right? Yeah, like, like I, I I I mean I'm sad that everyone sort of dies, I guess, but I'm not everybody like, dies. I'm devastating crush that Eddie Van Halen passed away. Yeah, I I and that's what I mean more. You know, like it's it's almost like it's almost like the the funny thing is is like he died of lung and mouth cancer, and like <laughs> I have not seen a fucking clip where he doesn't have a goddamn cigarette like <laughs> any time. Like it's like you kind of wrote your future. Also, a sixty five is a good run like i was on a i was on a crew this weekend or this week went yeah and that's what everybody on this crew was saying they're like i mean 65 is a good run for a fucking rock star like yeah he he left a good looking corpse yeah he got to he got to nail valerie bertinelli you know (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) 
<laughs> wasn't all bad, Eddie Van. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, anyway, anyway, so yeah, that's. I mean, I, I I will say this: like we talk about dead people on the show a lot. Eddie Money dying had more of a significant <laughs> impact on me emotionally than 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 Eddie Van right. Halen. Yeah, it, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It's such a tough weird year for Eddie. Uh, that's why we should be like appreciating Eddie Murphy right now. What if he dies? We should be like, yeah, we should be like doing like an Eddie Murphy appreciation. Like instead of waiting till they pass, we should get like on their like sixty fifth birthday. We should just have a day where we yeah, like, they made it to sixty five. We should appreciate yeah. their lives because they made it to that point. Yeah. Because anything after that, they're, they're barely going to be exi- non-existent anyway. I think you know, like they're there are a few people that are really great <laughs> after sixty-five. Right, it's very few though. <laughs> like they don't like a lot of writers stop writing. Like back, yeah. you know, like artists like you know don't do as much. I mean, there's still people that don't do and hang on. Yeah, whatnot, like but... listen to any George Carlin after you're sixty-five, and it's like, all right, buddy, like yeah, relax. Give a, <laughs> yeah, give a, take a, just retire. Give it, you know, take a break. <laughs> You know, politicians, all these old ass fucking politicians. Bob Dylan. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, did he make any good albums after 65? Did he make any good albums, Chris? I don't know. I was never Bob Dylan. No one is. They just (laughs) act like they are. Yeah. They're like, do you like. Look at Van Morrison right now. Oh, God. We don't need to go down that road. But it is funny that Van. Talking about Bob Dylan evokes Van Morrison. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bob Dylan, I could do it. I could do an hour on Bob Dylan. It's like, oh, do you like your music? Crappy, honestly, and and movie, overly worthy. The only one that might be sort of be crushing it after sixty five is Dolly Parton, probably. Oh, good point. She's but doing like great. I said, there's very few, and she's she's probably, doing she's good. List, she's right? doing very good stuff. Yeah, Dolly Parton. But I mean, yeah. when was the last time you were like, oh, have you heard the new Dolly Parton record? Like, I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> you're not. <laughs> Actually, was um, how long did Johnny Cash live? Fuck Johnny Cash. Don't. But he made that. He made the that, covers that, record. That thing is pure trash. It, I can't listen to it. I, I it, will make you hurt. <laughs> I don't feel so good. Like God, dude, fucking. That's just such a layup. A fucking uh, Rick Rubin needs to be put into a fucking pasture for that piece of shit. And he did two of them. Oh God. Here, he's like, he's like, he's like Johnny, Johnny Cash. Happy birthday to you. I mean, that's even better than Johnny Cash. I can't even do a good Johnny Cash. It's so bad. It did revive his career and his legacy, though. I know, but it's a bunch of covers. It's like the same. It's the same as Rod Stewart doing fucking Motown standards or whatever. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, remember when everybody did like, like a standards record? Rod Stewart dies. (laughs) (laughs) Tears of fucking joy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Rod Stewart's going to be a blip on the radar. I don't know. People probably like him. He did. He did cool thing. He... <laughs> Old white women love him. I think. Yeah, it's that earring. Some yeah. guys have all the luck. Man, he was. He was. He. He sold out in every era. It's so fantastic. Him and David Bowie. David Bowie was like, I'm gonna be like every every decade. He tried to do another thing that was like cool. Like, but at least he kind of made it cool. I don't know. I was never a big Bowie guy either, though. I'm afraid of Americans. Like, that shit is pretty bad. Everybody's got a bad turn. You know what I will say about Bob Dylan, since we were talking about him? I was going on a a anti-Bob Dylan tirade recently, because it's what I do. Uh, And I was was trying to use his... Like, he did a Christian turn in the 70s, 
and he put out a couple of Christian records and I was like, oh man, these will be, this is the burn, right? Like you can, you can say what you will about Bob Dylan, but he like was born again and put out these Christian records. And I like started listening to one and I was like, actually, this is so fucking weird. It's kind of great. Like the Bob Dylan Christian records might be his best work. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to backpedal a little bit. And say if you gotta, if I was gonna like introduce like an alien to Bob Dylan, I'd be like, here, he's this really crazy Christian singer, and uh, people love him. <laughs> his name's not Bob. His name's not Bob Dylan either. But don't worry about that. <laughs> I love how you can even spend a spin a positive into a negative at this while you're while you're still trying to make it positive. I'm a lunatic, Chris. All I right, let's it. get off this. Yeah. I wanted to, before we get into lines, I wanted to ask a favor of you really quickly. Oh, great. I love favors. So this is a fun one. Uh, me and a, a friend have been crushing it with futures for the last, like, I don't know, five or six years. Like, we've, we're going to hit on the Lakers future, which we bet when Kobe died. We mm-hmm. also won on Denver. We, mm-hmm. we, won on a, we won on the Chiefs last year. We've, we're always pretty good at picking these futures. Um, but, but I'm stuck on a good NFL future right now. And I want to place season for this season, and I want to place one with him. Uh, something because I just I feel like futures are sort of I just do better with them for some reason than I do any other version of gambling. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts on futures. I've got one that's kind of in my back back pocket, but I wanted to I wanted to know if you had any thoughts on like either championship winners or even better conference winners, which have been sort of my wheelhouse of late. Um, what do you got? I don't know, man. <laughs> um, talk, talk me through, talk me through your futures then. Well, um, here's what I, here's what I've been. So, so you can, you know, like right now your your championship winner, you've got Kansas City there at plus three fifty, which is actually pretty good, and then the Ravens at plus six hundred, which may be not so great. I'm really liking Green Bay at plus one thousand. Yeah. Um. But that might feel like a better conference winner because you can get them at plus 425 to win the NFC with only the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks standing in their way. Um, I, would, I would definitely feel better about the Packers winning. than The Seahawks are, I know they're 4-0 and they look really great, but they're, their defense is it's, it's a little shaky at times. And I just don't know, I, I don't know if they can sort of get better, right? Because... Yeah. Carol and what his system and his philosophies and they doing it, how the thing it's, it's they're always like well we'll just have to we'll just have to be better we'll have to do better right they don't they don't really change their their defense and their style of how they play so it's like it's you kind of what it is here is probably what it's going to be towards the end of the season right Green Bay I mean Green Bay looks great I don't know I haven't watched a game of theirs yet but there just feels like such a story in that and then there's then there's Tampa Bay right like that's the other one yeah, I feel like right. Could right. could sneak in there. Tampa Bay at plus six hundred to win the NFC, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I don't think you're crazy at all. I, I think there's at this point that really it only feels like sort of Tampa Bay and uh, and Green Bay. It's the base. The base. Um, there's the, they kind of just feel the strongest potential, like right and. That's exactly what a future is. You're sort of projecting down the road. Like, is there any other teams that will sort of get better or get on a run, you know? And 
you know, Seattle sort of does it. They usually play better towards the end of the season, but come the playoffs is when I kind of worry about them. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. And I don't think the plus 350 is enough good money. I don't think it's enough either. So um, moving to the— not, it, like, There's the NFC East. You kind of have to wash away the NFC East. Yeah, I agree. The, the rest of the South, you know, like New Orleans is at this point, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be hit or miss, I think. Yeah, them, right? I, like, the NFC um, just sucks. The NFC right. is like, the NFC sucks. Like there's, you get past the Rams and they're like, do you know what the next, you, you know what the next highest odds are after the Rams at plus 900 to win the NFC? The fucking Niners who don't even still, have a starting quarterback. Like still, yeah, that's rough, dude. Yeah. Right. Cause there's no other, maybe the Cowboys turn it around and you get some value maybe. at plus 1200. I don't know. I, but then you go maybe. to the AFC and here's one I wanted to throw past you. Okay. The Colts at plus one thousand. Yeah. Could Philly yeah. Rivers get hot? Could they make like a a Harbaugh like era Colts team with that defense, which I've heard is incredible? Uh, it, it's good. It's sneak solid. in there. It's um. It's um. Yeah. I, you know, when I was I was sort of high on the Colts before the season too because I thought they would be much improved. Um. I'm st- even in spite of Phil Rivers, like he, Rivers doesn't even have to sort of go on a run or be incredible. He just needs to sort of be steady <laughs> and and sort of do his job, right? He's a, he becomes the ultimate game manager, man. You know, or, they might or whatever they call. It. What if he got injured and Brisket came back in? That to me feels like the team. Okay. I, I think that I don't think there would be much of a drop off. I don't either. I really don't. You know, everyone kind of blames him for last year, but he was he would there was there's there's evidence and 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 facts last year that halfway through the season, whenever he got injured. Then his play started dropping off, and he wasn't that good of a quarterback. But the first half of the season, he was actually really good. I think he's good. I still think he. I still think there's a quality. And I think all they need to do is like they, with that offensive line, and like you said, that defense. All they have to do is really con- control the games, and that's uh, that's the two biggest factors in how you control a game. And run the ball a little bit, you know, pass when you need to. They have enough talent across the board: wide receivers, running backs who can do everything, you know, run or catch. Like they, they're they're a fairly complete team with a quarterback who doesn't have to be you know, uh, Watson or Mahomes or Russell Wilson or something and, and sort of win the games for them. So you've got, so the teams ahead of them are the Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, and Bills, right? Yeah. And those teams yeah. are so quarterback dependent. We saw what that happened with the Steelers last year with the fucking backup quarterback. The yeah. Ravens, oh my God. And the Chiefs, I don't think, do are great without their quarterback. The Bills are hit. I, I, it depends on how you feel about Josh Allen. Obviously, yeah. I, I'm a fan. He, he's had some bad bad seasons i wouldn't put a lot of money on the bills i feel like they they're a team that could collapse in a big game pretty easily mm-hmm. so those four teams are all quarterback dependent the colts i think are the one team that aren't and then in a long season especially with covid where quarterbacks see the see the patriots sometimes disappear for a couple weeks you might have you might just be able to be like this team has the best defense in the afc and they could win now could they win the whole thing probably not but there's i don't know i feel like there's some value at plus a thousand I think there's huge value plus a thousand. Definitely. It's that's kind of exactly what you look for. Right. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're trying to find value. We're trying to find, Yeah, I mean, Steelers, you know, yeah, you kind of got, I think there's like the Steelers, the Colts, um, like everyone else, like they're kind of the second tier. Yeah. Who could, who could get a little hot or make a run. Um, and, you know, if we can finish this freaking season. But, yeah, like, maybe I, even a little bit of, like, when I watched Cleveland last week against Dallas, and I sort of did a 180 from, like, the first two weeks that I watched them, where I was like, oh, they're, I think they're starting to figure out their their offense and, and how to play. And even though they lost Chubb and 
there's I mean there might be like a little sneaky value there or how at least getting them into how, the playoffs. How dope right? oh if to make the playoffs, let's look at that real quickly because I that oh man, they are they're minus one seventy seven to make the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, so now they're now they're becoming because I think people are starting to they're realize darlings they now. Have there maybe. They're yeah. darlings. Wow, that is that's surprising to me. Wow, that I'm is a little surprised at that too. I thought it would be I thought it would still be in the playoffs. I bet you if we would have got that last week we're seeing something else. Mm-hmm. Vegas is Definitely. smart on that. Vegas is also fucking teed up on the overs, and I'm like super bummed about it because we we were talking about it last week. I think they're over in the all was it, there was an over in 75 percent of the games last week. Was it over hit? Uh, yeah, and I, and like this is like we're just a week away. We got to be a little bit more a little bit more sharp <laughs> on our picks. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just. Vegas is figuring it out when we are and the rest of America. We need if we're gonna do this gambling podcast, we need to be able to give some advice. Uh, futures guy, man. Come on. Yeah, futures. Just the NFL future show. Check in with us in 10 months. See if we were right. <laughs> All right, let's get to lines because we are we tend to go long anyway and we're there. Sure. So uh well luckily there's not as many games this week because a couple of them are either getting canceled or postponed, or a couple of them are actually on their own. Oh, the Steelers are fucking weeks. the Steelers are red hot about the fucking if it if the oh, the Titans oh, forfeit oh, they got oh, they got it oh, it was unfortunate what happened to them yeah poor, they got the short end of the stick yeah Ooh, Ben Roethlisberger's really pissed off about it it's like oh, yeah, yeah, come on guys crazy. let's just get over it you're lucky to have a season yeah exactly just pipe down they're also gonna let 5,000 people into the stands this week so hmm. yeah, yeah that'll that'll probably be good for the general health of people yeah let's do that um all right so last week chris how'd we do oh we did not so good do we have winning Uh, records um we you might have had a winning record i did not it was six seven and one one, across the board Yes, but you do have a winning record for overall for the year so far yeah but we're and you are tied you are right at 500 at 30 30 and two a quarter of the way in the season. I'm this is really sort of disappointing. We are proving the rule. Like it is we like I think that we have enough of a of a of a sample size after this year. If we end up like at like near 500, I think mm-hmm. we're just going to have proven that if you just bet on every game, you're going to just break even. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you really start, I, I like, I don't even know how you do this, but you like really dive down into like analyzing every game. I think we're, I think after this year, we might have to come up with a new shtick. I think we might have just been like, well, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. <laughs> but we did it for five fucking years and we got the same results. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, it's either glass half full or glass half empty on this one. I it's like, guess so. You know, we're not getting worse but we're not getting better. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's jump to this week's picks. You have this as Tuesday, October 8th. I believe it's Thursday, October 8th. We've got Tampa Bay going into Chicago. Chicago is a plus three and a half. How is this plus three and a half? I, man, I don't even, don't even get me started with this shit. This line feels great. Oh my goodness. How, how, how are you not taking Tampa Bay with only giving up three and a half? Points? I mean, I love Chicago, but I don't love Chicago that do. much. That is a crazy line. Is that is that line accurate right now? Because if so, I'm fucking hitting that like as we sit here. I I believe I when I even double checked it this morning, I think it was still there. So unless it's moved already, but um. Well, Chris, go ahead and tell me some reasons why you might take Chicago. <laughs> 
it is sitting at plus or minus three and a half right now. That is fucking nuts. All right. Wow. I, yeah, man. I, I I don't know what to say about this game because Chicago's offense, even last week with Foles, was inept at best. Uh, and I don't remember who they played off the top of my head, but it doesn't even matter. They didn't even play they, anybody good. No, I don't think they played anybody good. They played Indianapolis. Yeah. Tough right, D. So Tough D. We love D. If... We love them. Uh, but that what was it? What was the line last week? That that seems crazy to me. Like I don't. Chicago was plus two and a half. Wow. At home, at home. So it's basically same kind of conditions and scenario here with with two really good defensive teams, two really good offensive. You know, like is this a, is this is this injury related? Is this because Evans is out, Godwin's out? Maybe that was the only OJ Mayo or whatever like his name they is. Might. They OJ might, Howard. Uh, and I guess they're probably good against the run. So maybe this hurts Tampa Bay a little bit. But I, th- how many I'll leagues? How many leagues was Scotty Miller picked up on in fantasy yeah, this week? Right, OJ Howard's out for the year. I mean, they're kind of struggling maybe on offense. But I think that Tampa Bay defense can can easily shut down. You love Chicago Tampa Bay defense. Teams. I agree with you. Um, I am one thousand percent in agreement. I, I mean, I've got a, a, this. Feels like such a win. Um, Sunday. A day. There's not really a lot of great games. That's kind of the weird thing about this NFL season is like, I think COVID on top of like, no teams have like really sort of shown that they're great or like mm-hmm. even fun to watch necessarily. Um, Arizona is, is <laughs> this is a good example. Arizona who like has shit the bed for the last two weeks still is a seven point favorite over the Jets in New York. On the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean this. this- this is a tough one. This is a I, tough one. I, it shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, I think the 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 this the irrational human being in me feels like this is the Jets game that like they can at least cover. Like they can at least cover. Like the yeah, Gi- like the win. Giants against the Rams last week. That line was ridiculous. It was 13 and a half. Of course the Giants can cover that. Can I think the Jets similarly can cover against Arizona. Uh, Kyler is a little crazy. Um, the Jets defense is it terrible? No, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. let's. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna give me the Jets for a week and, okay. and don't That's remind great, don't wanna, remind me next I think, week. I think this is a good one to go against each other, Ron. Good. Uh, and I'm glad you took the Jets because I didn't want to take them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the Jets, like you said, the Jets defense is okay. I think their weakness is is in the back end in the secondary, and that's. Pr- hopefully where Arizona can sort of exploit them, right? And I'll stick with Arizona for one more week here, because otherwise, like you said, my, two games in a row uh, they've lost, where they, where they probably should have won easily. They seem to be struggling mightily across the board. Like, they, they're, everyone was so high on them, and they look so good, and now, they, you know, like maybe they're coming back down to earth, and maybe this who actually who Arizona is, and they're just not that very good of a team. But I'm going to hang on to them for one more week. I think they can cover a touchdown against the Jets. The Jets, I don't even know if the Jets have broken... 20 points in a game yet this season. I even want to say that's even probably lower. I mean, I take, if you're going to take the jets, take the under it's 47 in my book. Yeah, my exactly. That's another great one because even if Arizona gets over 30 points in this game, the jets yeah. still have to, you know, like <sighs> totally that's a, that's a, I bet the under, maybe we just move this to over under. We, that's what we bet from now on. Uh, Rams are going, Rams are going to the nation's capital. Uh, they are getting seven. No, they're giving seven and a half. Uh, what did you think of the Rams last week? I didn't watch the game, but I, I, I didn't I don't think I watched the Rams yet either last week. I, there's still, still that team. That I'm just not, I'm just not sure on. Right. And, and they're, 
they're not playing an easy schedule. Their um, defense is clearly great, right? Yeah. This this, yeah. this is a tough this is a tough week for Haskins because he knows he's gonna get benched if he plays like shit. He's already benched. Is he? Is Alex Smith yeah. playing? No. So it's Kyle Mur or Kyle Allen or the guy from Carolina last year who Ron Rivera had. Like Ugh. this is why I don't understand about with Washington and Rivera and and as much as I want to like him and and his coaching abilities and whatnot. What the fuck are you talking about? Are you serious? You have this young quarterback who they drafted, who you said we were going to give a chance to. And then because he plays against Baltimore last week and does, and doesn't do that bad, but statistically or whatever you want to say, like it was, they're going to bench his ass. Oh fuck dude. They benched him in favor of some other guy who's not actually starting quarterback in this league. And you don't even, you don't even bench him for Alex Smith to bring Alex Smith back in to try to win this game. You're just a middling guy who probably knows your offense better than any of the other quarterbacks on this team. So that's, that's what you're reasoning for your best hope in playing this game. Wow. is the guy who knows your offense. Well is enough, there a bet? Not, is there a bet that we'll see Haskins again, like by like halftime? Like but that's so oh, weird. God. I, I just, I feel bad for Haskins. You know, Me like too. This, this is the problem with developing these quarterbacks. Is they, they say they're going to give them time. They say they're going to develop them, and then they pull them after four games into a season when you know you're going to have a losing season, and your whole your whole season is predominantly about. Who the fuck does Haskins to have to play with? Like, there's no one on that team. No one. On, they have, he has one wide receiver, legitimate wide receiver. Terry fucking Terry nobody. That no one knew who the fuck that guy was last year. Like he yeah. he he. They don't have an offensive line to protect and, and give Haskins time. Their their running backs are all developmental kind of dudes anyway. Maybe they'll maybe they'll wave Haskins and Pittsburgh can pick him up and have him ride the pine and then when Ben retires give him the give him the reins. I'd yeah, I'd be lo- amazing. Then he'll be a Hall of Famer. I'd love to have him in a team. I would love I'd, to actually see something like that happen. Yeah, because right? I mean I feel like these quarterbacks, uh, Josh Rosen, the exception, get fucking worked over by the by the team that picks them. They don't get a fair shake. I mean it's kind of like I, I mean I wouldn't say it's Ryan Leaf esque, but like I think it definitely fucks with your with you mentally. When you get benched after playing as best as you can on a shit team, I that, the, why waste the money? Why waste the draft pick if you're just gonna? He's, he's had thirteen, or sorry, the thirteen. He's had three head coaches in thirteen games. Yeah, yeah. Right, like this. I mean, he's he's. Uh, let me see. I, I wrote this down here. Twenty games as a pro. Thirteen he's played. Has played under three different offensive systems with only one legit receiving weapon. A bad offensive line. In a dysfunctional organization, like what do you actually expect from this guy? Yeah, like I, I, it's crazy, man. And then you just you're just throwing him away because you don't like the way he played against one of the best defenses and the best teams in the in the league last week. Like, like you should have like now you make the decision. After, it it looks bad because you made the decision after playing Baltimore, right? Like yeah. if you if you went against the, you know Rams or you know if you went against you know, like the Giants or something, then maybe I could see when he's not sort of being better than that. Too. But at least give the guy at least half a season too, though. Let's see what you got here. Let him try to let him try to grow and develop while playing. I, anyway, I for agree. that reason alone, I'll take the Rams minus seven. Yeah, the Rams defense against whoever that quarterback you mentioned was, that feels yeah. like an easy win. So we've got Philadelphia going to Pittsburgh in the Battle of the Pennsylvanias. Uh, Philadelphia is a uh, seven and a half point underdog. This is a weird one. Pittsburgh got a, an unexpected bye week last week. Uh, Philadelphia is a team that's banged up, might be benching their starting quarterback. This feels like... But who pulled off a win against San Francisco on the road last week? Yeah, this feels like a, this, this is a trap game. Don't, don't buy into this. This is Philadelphia all the way. In fact, if you can bet the Philadelphia money line at plus 280, do it. Because Pittsburgh's going to come out flat. They're going to be overrested. 
their butt hurt. And Philadelphia, this is like when they start like tricking you into and suddenly Philadelphia wins the fuck it their their division. Like I'm yep. I'm like this is this is a train wreck. It's definitely a Philly cover. I would even say it's a Philly win. I think Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's the better team and they should they should sure, be the better. Sure, sure, but they uh, don't but they don't win games like this. No, and you're right. And 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 for that reason alone, I'll leave it at that is is it's the seven and a half is is the the half. Point. It's that point five, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If we went below if we went to six, I'd probably like feel comfortable taking Pittsburgh I'd and take, probably end up pushing I, or something. I'd but. take Philly I'd take Philly till five. I okay. really would. Yeah. Um all right. All right. The, the, that feels like a fucking lock and it's such a weird bet. Uh <laughs> Carolina at Atlanta. Oof. Uh, Carolina is the underdog for some fucking unknown reason. This the over under is four, 54 points. Th- this is a crazy Vegas line. So you've got Carolina going into Atlanta. Carolina is the underdog, I guess, because they're on the road. I guess. Uh, they're the Getting one the, and a half points. It's a, it didn't care. Has a Carolina been playing great? Like, are we still yeah. two weeks, we two weeks into Carolina, two weeks into the fucking, the, the Mike Davis era and they're and we're still gonna give i don't get how atlanta's the fucking favorite this doesn't make any sense to me parlay this with the fucking tampa bay bucks and you got yourself a nice little nice little parlay there uh, yeah yeah atlanta's dog shit dude they're just pure atlanta's dog shit, dog shit. did you watch shit. any of the game last week did you watch atlanta play green bay at all I watched a little bit of it, but uh, I watched. A, I think I was watching more of the Kansas City game, and then I um, watched a very tiny bit of it because I was in Wisconsin and it was impossible to miss. And I saw like there was the one scoring drive for Atlanta took like eight minutes, and then the scoring drive for like the next time down for Green Bay took like thirty three seconds. Like that yeah. is even if you're going to put up points, it's going to be work for Atlanta. It. I don't think it's going to be work for Carolina. Give me Carolina. Yeah, I'm, I listen. I've been I've been disrespecting Carolina for the last this whole season so far, right? And I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league, basically. And what they've done uh, against what is, uh, San Diego and and uh, whoever they played last week, I mean they've 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 looked impressive actually. Yeah. And and they there's no I don't think there's any reason for them to, especially on defensively. I don't think there's any reason for them to. And there's a reason why no one had expectations for them. I like Bridgewater. They beat Arizona last week. That's right. Um, I've always been a Bridgewater guy. Uh, and now it's fun to see him. Like, I mean, he's doing, he's doing exactly what we want Haskins to do. Get enough chances, start to feel his offense, make some connections with players, even if they're second stringers. And there you are. Haskins will get it on his like third or fourth team. And then, uh, we'll all be like, Oh, look at him. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Caroline all the way from now on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's such a weird season. Jacksonville. Is uh, going to Houston. This is your London game. Uh, they will be. The, who's the Romeo Cornell, right? Yes, is the interim coach. So to me, this is the crazy they, part. They res- they resurrected the course. How many Cornell. times has Romeo Cornell been an interim head coach? I know he did it for the Chiefs, maybe the Browns. I I know. Uh, I yeah, feel like he he might be the all time leading interim head coach. He's in his nineties. He Let's just let's just give Romeo Cornell like that's the that's his title that's like his lifetime achievement award. But he does interim. he does turn around teams in the interim like he does. He he. No one beats Romeo Cornell in season. In, yeah, in season. exactly, yeah. exactly. And in season change, I don't like Jacksonville at plus <laughs> plus six points against Romeo Cornell. I'm serious. Like that's what freaks me out. 
Like I think I think it's like if he's doing the play calling too, he's just gonna be like Deshaun. I don't fucking care. You got two receivers. Find them. Let's see if we can out Duke. You know, Gardner Minshew. I think that this is an easy Houston turnaround for me. That's what I'm gonna say. It. I like Houston. I like Houston a lot this week. Okay. Uh, I, I sort of want to root for Houston and pick Houston just because they fired Bill O'Brien, and I, I don't think anything could have made me happier. Um, but I'm Oh, yeah. Thinking... We should have started. Rest in peace, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're the fucking worst. Shaking up about you're that. the worst coach. I fucking... I hate you. I've always hated you. I hope you never get another head coaching job. Now, continue. Sorry, my bad. Uh, yeah, I don't... That's actually a good question. I don't... Mm, I would probably bet money that he doesn't get another head coaching job. Like, I think he tarnished his whole reputation there with trying to be the GM and making these lousy trades and all that kind of stuff. And like, even as a coach and he kept, he kept like giving uh, like play calling duties to like his assistants and then taking them away from him over the years. And then he takes it back and nothing changes. Nothing helps. He, maybe he becomes, maybe he becomes like the offensive coordinator for like, you know, for Belichick once like uh, Josh McDaniels leaves or something, maybe. Maybe. Even at that point, I'm not even sure that's going to happen. So I, maybe we've seen, or maybe he goes back to college. Maybe we'll say he gets a college head coaching job. Even though I think that's the last thing he wants to do, because I don't think he liked being at Penn State. He just used it to springboard into back to the NFL. But uh, I'm not ready. I'm not convinced that Houston is actually get a better team without him at this point either, though. Mm. Um, especially with Romeo Cornell. Uh And I'm, although I'm not, Jacksonville is, is sort of, they're sort of the opposite effect of Carolina for me right now is like, they're, they're trending down and they're getting worse probably as each game goes on. And we should probably be disrespecting Jacksonville more. I'll hang on with them for one more week and see what happens. Okay. Just so you know, uh, Romeo Cornell's head coaching record is 28 and 55. He went two and one as interim head coach in KC and got the head coaching job the next year where he also won two wins and lost 14 times. (laughs) <laughs> he's your intro. He's, I mean, he's so good. He's not really a great intro head coach. No, he had a good, he had a good run. He was two and one. He was two and one. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm sticking with this. God, this feels like a he bad should just, Like He should just coach the first three games. And if, and if he ends up two and one, he should just walk away and try to parlay that into a head coaching job somewhere else next season. Yeah. I mean, I think they're just trying to keep Deshaun, right? Like that's the big fear is like, they don't want to him lose. and Watson and our JJ Watt. Like apparently he had, a, he was yelling and had a big blow up with O'Brien a couple of weeks ago or something. And, and he even like, I, he, I don't know if it was like a text or a, or a tweet or something, but Watt came out and said, like, I think this is this sometimes change is necessary and good. And he's like, we like, we need to do something different and all these things. So I think it sounds like the O'Brien like lost the whole team. And, and this was like coming within a couple of weeks of, of, um, you know, I mean, it should have happened last fucking season. How long do you think J- before JJ Watts, a Steeler? Oh, uh, over under three years. It's going to happen, right? Probably. Those brothers will all be playing it's, together. It seems like Pittsburgh's like, you could see JJ Watt in a Steelers uniform. Yeah, like I can't see him like in a in some other you know like you know I can't see him like a Minnesota uniform or something. It'll be like Dallas. when Kevin Green came to Pittsburgh and it was like what? Yeah, totally, like, kind of resurrect to- the career. Yeah, it totally worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, you got Vegas in KC. Ve- this is a crazy line. Vegas is giving up thirteen points. Getting no, Vegas. getting. God damn it, Chris, yeah. you're so good at reminding me that I say that wrong every time. <laughs> I'm not gonna fuck it up. You know what? What's- Next week, folks, I'm gonna get the lines exactly right. I'm gonna say them right. We're going to be like a, just a smooth, smooth ship in, this, in glass water. I got over under one game that you'll get wrong. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Who do you like? 
Well, it's also weird that there's, there's no over under or money lines on these games too. So I don't know if these are in 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 somewhat peril of not being played because of like Kansas City's contact with with uh, New England last week playing them, and there's positive you know tests with New England. Same with um, I think Miami might have had a couple guys put on the COVID list or something too now. So there's two games here back to back that we'll talk about that have spreads, but I, th- these games might not come to fruition. At spreads. Some point in time. They've got COVID uh, spreads. Yeah, they're spread all over with COVID. So Kansas City minus 13 kind of feels like, you should, you know, it's one of those teams that Kansas City might, but you got to take, I think you got to take, Vegas isn't that bad. I think they can score some points against Kansas City. I think it's, especially last week with the, with the, the Giants, my, you know, plus 13 and a half. I, th- I feel like I maybe I'm overreacting here a little bit, but I got to take Vegas plus 13. Just because like, the spread is so big. I agree. I think, I think sort of like what you just said, like the Giants example is a perfect one. I think that it's it's 13 points is too crazy. I I still like Derek Carr. I know no one mm-hmm. does. I still like him. I still think he's talented quarterback. I think he can put up enough to to wear this line. They just he's don't get Philip Rivers ish without sort of like the you know the cannon of an arm though in his younger years, right? He's he's accurate. He's, yeah, he's accurate, and he just he kind of has to just be the game manager. And I think he's doing that this year a little bit better, more efficiently. He's actually following his progressions. You know, following his receivers. He doesn't. He, I think in past he's kind of locked on the guys or sort of forced balls you know, to, to, the, to the, to the certain reads or something, you know, and, and I think it looks like now when you watch him, he, he's kind of figured it out a little bit more. He's another, he's another different team resurrection guy. I think, um, <laughs> Miami is getting nine points in San Francisco. This was a Super Bowl once, right? The Niners in Miami. Ooh, yeah. 83. Yeah. Is that so, it? No. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Sure. That's what we'll call it. Uh, so yeah. you, I don't know. It's, it's San Francisco. Who's the quarterback right now? Uh, Garoppolo might be back this week, but he's li- practicing in like limited uh, practices so far. So it, it might still be another week of like Mullins slash Beathard. Um, I, even even with it's Garoppolo, Miami's still decent, and they kind of hung with Seattle for the most part. San Francisco still banged up enough. Maybe they get Mostert back here. I I'm not convinced San Francisco probably will win this game at home. I'm not convinced they. Maybe I'll regret this one, but I think Miami can at least get nine points against them. I don't want to keep going with you, but I like Miami a lot this game. Mm-hmm. I like. I think we're going to see a lot out of Matt Breida. Mm. I think he's going he to seems be, to be coming around a little more. A little and more I think it's a. Here. I think it's a fuck you game to the to the to the Niners. I I can see him just being like, give me the rock, go in. Uh, yeah. In fact, that's my fantasy tip this week. If you're looking for a running back on the waiver wire, pick up Breida. Yeah. He's going to smoke San Francisco. Mm. Uh. Giant plus nine and a half in Dallas. This is a Dallas turnaround game for me. It's gotta happen. I feel like they, happen, they right? like Dak's playing too well. Zeke Elliott's been a fucking sleep. Like Zeke wakes up. The Giant. This is a this is a rivalry game. I think Dallas can not only win. I think they can cover nine and a half. This feels like the Dallas game where next, on Tuesday they're like, oh shit, Dallas mm-hmm. is back. They'll make the playoffs. Here, like here we go. Like it'll be the surprise week. It's gonna be Dallas and Philly are gonna suddenly look like they have life. Yeah. Uh, even if this game went to like plus fourteen, I think I would probably still take Dallas because it just they like if this is sort of like um, what I was saying about one of the teams earlier. Like uh, just until they kind of prove me wrong a little bit, right? Like they, you know, or Arizona, right? It, it's sort of like Dallas has to win this game. Like if they don't, then maybe maybe it's sort of like all right, they actually are terrible. You know, yeah. um, maybe they are who they are, but I, I still believe, I think along with you is that they're going to, they're going to have to turn this around. There's too much talent. 
even it's in spite of McCarthy and all his, and, and he's the reason it's Dak's not, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, Zeke's not asleep. Like McCarthy is put him to sleep. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how to coach running backs. Like that guy doesn't. Yeah. He didn't do it in green Bay. All he wants to do is pass. I know. He doesn't use running backs effectively, especially of the talent caliber of Zeke Elliott. There's, um, but just look I, what's going on in Green Bay right now with their running game. Like it's like it's it. You, this one worries me though. Like Dallas is like asleep on defense or, or or inept on defense enough that we're like Daniel Jones is going to have that one game where he's going to you know he's going to score like four or five touchdowns. I don't think that's going like, to happen. You know, I like it's going to it's going to be. One I don't of think he's games. good. I don't think he's good at football. I I don't think he is either. Um. I, yeah, that one's. I, I I just feel like it's it's one of these stupid rivalry games, divisional games. You know that maybe like like I don't know, man. I I'm taking Dallas, but I, I I'm not. I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Giants could get up for a rivalry. I don't see it though. <laughs> don't either. Uh, the Colts <laughs> are going to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is only getting two points because they had a big week last week. But I think people yeah, are yeah. starting to come around on the Colts as well. This game could yeah. be good. It's a it's it the it's, game of the week. It's my favorite afternoon game for sure. Might be the game yeah. of the week. You're right. Um, yeah, I'm ex- I'm actually s- sneakily excited for this one. Um, I I'm gonna take Cleveland in the points. I know I'm gonna regret it, but I think Odell might be coming to life, and I think Kareem Hunt can do well in this offense. I I don't think they miss a beat. I'm gonna take Cleveland. I do. It was up. What do you think? <laughs> This one's a hard one. I, this is probably the one game I would I definitely would stay away from. Oh, for sure. To actually gamble on, because part of me thinks Cleveland should get a few more points uh, in this one. But the way they played last week, I don't I don't know if that's a huge overreaction or not in in, in this spread. Um, Indy should be the better team though, and and I feel like two points is kind of it's kind of a silly number. Yeah. Right. It's like you know. Um, It'll move a little. It'll probably move a little. I would probably wait for it either way to see what happens there, obviously. But um, you know what? I I'm not I'm not quite sold on Cleveland yet either. Even though I really liked them from what they did last week against Dallas, and I couldn't be more excited for them to crush Dallas and beat. And I picked Dallas last week, so I'm happy to be wrong on that one. I'll take I'll take Indianapolis here, and I'll just kind of break it up a little bit between us as well. That seems like I mean we could have I. 100% with we you. We go either way on that one. Yeah, that is, a, that is a flippity that floppity. Actually, and it's 46 on the over-under. That I like, feels the, like an over I love the over-on that. Even yeah. though the Colts defense has been great, they let fucking Minshew go off in week one. Yeah. And I, that's probably an anomaly. But like, look at these overs like for the afternoon games. 54, 54, 54. Like, 57. The, yeah. The game. The, yeah. Yeah, going into the, into the night, you got 57 and a half for Minnesota and Seattle. Like, Vegas is like tired of getting worked on the over. <laughs> Like they are like, and I think a big part of it, like you should have known that the over was going to be bigger because there's a lot less uh, fan noise, which I think definitely like helps promote like, like throwing scores. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now Vegas is, this might be the week where I would hit the under on every 54 and over game just because like, I think every 50 point game I you could go under. I think I would, I think I'd take on all five of those 50 point, an over under overs i would take the under does that make sense yeah it totally makes sense but now leading into the sunday night game i'll even i'll go the opposite with you because it's minnesota at seattle minnesota's gonna get their asses handed to them it's 57 and a half yeah and both these teams have like these like you can throw the ball on both of these teams this could be a really high scoring game i feel like 
Mm-hmm. Actually, like Minnesota, they don't look good at all, but they've had spurts and stretches there where they all of a sudden they just start scoring touchdowns, right? And points. 57 and a half, though. And by the way, Minnesota is getting seven points on the road in Seattle. And Seattle's playing on primetime. So it's a yeah. tough one. I'm going to let you, you can do your 72 minute dissection <laughs> of this game if you want. Bear in mind, we're at the one hour mark. So do no, what you, do what you got to do. I'll make this quick. I, I'll, take, I'll take the seven points with Minnesota because I think Minnesota can actually score uh, touchdowns against the Seahawks in, in the secondary and Seattle still banged up a bit. Defensively, Jamal Adams, I don't think is going to play. Or they, it's already been said. Um, I, I, this is one of those games where I think it's close. And I think, I think Minnesota is going to be able to hang with, with Seattle there because of, of their defensive issues here a little bit. It's sort of like the, the Dallas game from a couple of weeks ago. So I'll, I'm, I'm all over Minnesota plus seven. Okay. I'm just going back and looking through this. I've so, been wrong every single week. So far, you are 0-4 in Seattle games. So I'm going to, and I'm doing well, I'm going to go against you Great. just because you're always wrong. <laughs> it's fine. You know what? I've said it before. I'm happy to wrong because when I'm 0-4, that means Seattle's 4-0. That's true. That is true. All right. Um, but you do got lots of insight. You know lots of things. You know lots sure. of te- players' names. Um <laughs> Got the Chargers. The Chargers are going into New Orleans. Uh, I love the Chargers so goddamn much. I love them with plus seven and a half. I New Orleans is going to start to click. It's going to happen. I just, I I just like the Chargers. I think they're super fun. I like. I, oh, and can we also can we also now sing the praises of the best tight end in the game? <laughs> Parham. Parham, my favorite W or what WNBA XFL. I almost said XFL player Parham, who I who I follow on on Instagram. He's like nine feet tall. I said it back when the XFL was happening. He's a great grab for an NFL team. The Chargers picked him up, and because Herbert throws to fucking anybody, he caught his first NFL touchdown. I'm super stoked for him. I love the Chargers. I love that he's out there catching TDs. Herbert's obviously great. I think we both love him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. he's, t- he's my favorite quarterback in the L right now. Um, so I'm going to go with Chargers just because I, like I like that half point and, uh, and it's Monday night. So let's, let's see some action. Yeah, I, I, New Orleans is still hit or miss here at this point. Um, and I, I, you're right. I think they probably do turn around at some point and get better. But seven and a half points seems like an awful lot um, for a shaky uh, Saints team. Um, I, I do want to say like the, with, with the chargers too, it's like Herbert, since he's been playing and starting, like their, their offense is way more dynamic, way more diversified than with Tyrod Taylor. And you and I, I think both enjoy or appreciate Tyrod Taylor to some degree, but like there's the old saying, you know, like you can't lose your job to injury in sports. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't lose your, you can't win the job too, though, with the other guy. Yeah. Right? Like he, yeah. Uh, Herbert's been playing out of his mind. He's been way up. He's been punching way above his, his weight here. Right yeah. This one. Like there's a nine day difference from that first game. And I know it was only one game with Tyra Taylor, but there was like, they, they were so stagnant and so boring on offense. Herbert's added a whole nother level and dimension to this offense that I, you can't go back to Tyrod Taylor at this point. Well, so here's you know, the because of injury. No, Herbert's been playing only really be, well. You can only do it because you feel bad for him. Like you can only do it because you're like, he, he didn't lose the job. Like you said, but that being but said, he's, he's lost the job to talent, and that's what matters the most. Talent, think, right? and, and when talent and good coaching connect, you get you get a good product, and I think that that's what you're seeing in the case of Herbert. 
But the weird thing about that with with Anthony Lynn's the head coach though, the Chargers, like he's already been adamant that that Tyrod Taylor is probably going to start when he comes back because he feels he bad. He, he know, feels bad. He's like, probably afraid I, of a lawsuit. I hope he doesn't stick to that uh, that point of view and and that sentiment. Like I I hope he actually says like, listen, Herbert's got to be the guy moving forward. Yeah, and Tyrod Taylor, just be stoked you're a backup quarterback in the NFL forever because there's no way they're gonna waive him. Like they they couldn't. No, he should just no, be like he's a great backup to he, have in case he's a great win. backup to have. And I think that that would be yeah. I I'm my theory is is like take the money, Tyrod, be stoked. Yeah. And it's a nine-day difference with with um, Keenan Allen of what he did productive uh, wise on the field here this season with between Taylor and Herbert. It, that's, it's, yeah, it's incredible. The talent is the talent. They've got the talent. Yep. All right, buddy. Um, I think did that's it. I think that's a wrap. I think we did it. Yep. I'm feeling Let's pretty. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um. All right. Peace out. Okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>